0: Illinois improves to 6-0 in Big Ten play, and wins their 11th game in 12 games, beating Michigan 68-53. It was not the heavyweight fight we wanted, and people have circled on the calendar for almost half a year here, Derek Piper. but. Hunter Dickinson out. Illinois takes advantage. Kofi Coburn dominates in the post when he gets the ball, but credit Michigan shorthanded without Hunter Dickinson, without Brandon Johns, who are coming back from COVID and haven't really practiced, so Juwan Howard didn't feel comfortable playing them. They gave Illinois a battle. This is a one-point game with about six minutes left, and then Trent Frazier took it over. Uh, Winning ugly, there's nothing wrong with it, Derek, but uh, this was uglier than the score actually showed, but Illinois found a way to win, and Illinois can win ugly, right? Like, they can beat these, I'd say, bottom half, not top five teams in the Big Ten, even when they don't have their best performance. But what's your big takeaway here?
1: My big takeaway is if you play like that against Purdue, you're going to lose. That's my biggest one. And I I think that is probably – it's not the only thing to take away from this game. Trent Frazier as a closer. Trent Frazier's off-the-dribble game has been very, very impressive and deserves all the credit that he's getting. Um, I I think that the fact – of Michigan out-rebounding you in terms of the offensive glass, like them getting 15 offensive rebounds on a night when they don't have Dickinson or Brandon Johns and Diabate plays five minutes in the first half. That showed Illinois was just lackluster in their intensity, effort plays, aggression, and you're about to play Purdue, who's who's really good on the backboard. And uh, Kofi, I know his stat line looks great, and we can talk and break this thing down. I didn't think he was very good, particularly early. Like I, I think that you look at some of his offensive boards collecting his own misses and pick and roll is still something he gets uh, attacked at. So I I know it's a negative take for a 15-point win against Michigan, which ultimately any win against Michigan, a chance to, to beat them, a lot of fans are going to take that. And, yeah, it, it does circle back to winning ugly is a characteristic of a team that is going to stack those wins and be at the top of the league. And there's something to be said of that. There's there's a lot of teams that can't, can't do that. Um, I, I just think that it was a little concerning the way that they – maybe let off the gas once they saw Dickinson wasn't in a jersey.
0: Yeah, and, uh, you know, I'm thinking of other teams. Like Ohio State has an off night, loses by 16 at Indiana, right? Purdue has an off night. They let Rutgers hang around, and they lose, right? They didn't have a Trent Frazier takeover. Jaden Ivey didn't do that in that game, and that's why they have a loss. Illinois the last couple games – Kofi hasn't maybe been as good as he was before, but he's still getting double-doubles. Trent Frazier is taking over late in games. So I think that's the positive, is you're not having that, that bad loss that some of these other teams, I would say everybody outside of Wisconsin and Michigan State at this point, have a loss that you sit there and shake your head at. Illinois hasn't had those yet. And the great news, Derek, is for us and for fans, it sets up a monster game against Purdue on Monday morning, 11 a.m. tip-off here at uh, State Farm Center. But that's the test, right? Illinois has played so far. Nebraska, Minnesota, Maryland, Michigan, Iowa, And Rutgers. Only Rutgers is in the top half of the standings in the Big Ten. Arizona came to town, great game. Illinois didn't find a way to close that game. I expect a pretty good game, but I agree with you. If Illinois plays the way it did the last couple games, where they got out toughed, out hustled at times, uh, I think Purdue could come out of here with a pretty big win, right? I mean, Purdue is still very dangerous despite losing two games, and offensively, they're far better than the two teams you just played.
1: Yeah, the last two you've played, especially with Dickinson out, it's been Kofi has been able to have some things come easy for him on nights when he hasn't had his best that you won't see that against Zach Eadie. You won't see that against Travion Williams. I think that uh, I've been concerned throughout the season about this matchup against Jaden Ivey. I'd be wondering about putting him in ball screens or just attacking off the dribble and, and what that is ultimately going to look like. Now, Illinois, when they're on, when they're hitting shots, when they're locked in, uh, this is a very, very good team. But they still relatively hasn't been all that tested. This is their second win against the Ken Palm Top 50, and you look at the net and Michigan's not in good shape. Now they're 7-7, seven and seven, and you gave a good – line there on the Big Ten standings and winning its top half team. So still a lot to prove for this team. Uh, and I'm still pretty high on Purdue. It's just like in terms of them winning the league, they're really going to need this game. Uh, it's it's a much, much tougher task than what we saw tonight. But credit to Juwan Howard for the game plan he had, for the way he had his guys ready to play, like their their ball pressure, what they're able to do in terms of really getting up on Illinois' guards. And we can talk more about this, but... Outside of Trent Frazier, it is showing that, that weakness there without Curbelo, that he's like the one guy that can go make a play uh, pl- consistently. Plummer can do it at times. Uh, I don't know that Grandison really wants to do that. Hawkins, we, we were talking off the air. Uh, that's, a, that's a radio term, but off the pod uh, about him being not that, that strong with the ball. So that, that's something that was exploited tonight, uh, and that might, that's still a lasting concern.
0: Yeah, and uh, I hate to – I'm not diving into the game. I want to dive into Kofi and, and Trent and all this stuff right now, but it, it just sets up the Purdue game. I, I, this is what it's all about. And, and for Illinois, I know every game in the Big Ten counts the same, right, in the standings. But if you beat Purdue, you improve to 7-0 and and they're at 3-3, you have a three-and-a-half game lead over what I think is – you know the one of the most dangerous teams in the country especially offensively so when we're talking about big 10 title race and derek you talk about resume quad one win all those different things it's just a massive game i think it's the big 10 game of the year we got coming up and Owen, and i found a way to set that up but it's certainly going to be a much larger test let's talk about trent frazier um i know we've given him a lot of flowers here recently and, and we should but he is just so indispensable for this team. I mean, what they would be right now with Curbel sitting on the bench, if Trent Frazier didn't decide to come back for another year. Um, you know, he only had two points in the first half, but he shut down Eli Brooks for almost the entire game, seven points on 11 field goal attempts. That's their leading scorer without Dickinson out uh, that he held to that but also just the takeovers, right? This game is in doubt 45-44 with just six minutes left. And Trent Frazier just takes over. 19 points Illinois scored, 19-5 run, Trent Fraser scored or assisted on all of those. Just an unbelievable pass to, to Grandison uh, and another one to DeMonte Williams. Um, we found a closer. Uh, Illinois found his closer with Io out. But I think you're seeing Trent in season here, Derek, take on a different role, right? I mean, during the first like nine of the ten that they won here, it was get the ball to Kofi, kick it out, right? Because teams are double teaming him. And Plummer just went off. Now teams are starting to focus on Plummer and Grandison shutting those guys down and really extending their pressure so that Illinois can't get the ball to Kofi. That happened tonight. Kofi should have gotten the ball a lot more than he did. But Trent Frazier, off ball screens, breaking down defenses, breaking down that pressure. It looks like a lead guard. He's looking like an all-Big Ten first or second team guard right now.
1: Yeah, it's a lot of the actions they ran for him freshman year or just you think about him at the top of the key and and playing off the dribble and now it's just a guy that has a lot of experience under his belt has improved obviously immensely defensively and uh, is playing with a ton of confidence and he's accepted at least in terms of the backcourt, like the batman role now uh, where that was IO and and it was going to be Curbelo at at least in, in terms of being the facilitator and the guy orchestrating the offense, he's made a lot of really good decisions. His turnover numbers, he only had three today and, and one against Nebraska. And contrary to his assists, like that's a really good assist to turnover. Uh, he's able to rock people to sleep with his ability to, to cross over or sometimes deny the ball screen. Uh, and once he gets in deep, he does understand the corner pass to, to Grandison And uh, he's finishing pretty darn well. Uh, that was something that, you know, early in his career he didn't do all that great. So uh, he's been fantastic in that. And Brad even said afterwards, I probably didn't go to the ball screen in, in the pick-and-roll game enough early. Uh, and that was something that Trent just continues to show his ability to do. And now we wondered, uh, closing time with this team, who, who's going to be the guy and what's that going to look like? And I think when we saw late against Nebraska when it was tight, and this one as well, uh, you feel a lot of confidence with with the ball in Trent's hands, and you need it. You need it. And he has given you just so much because you can't really afford to be in a tight game and not have him on the floor. And, and that's that's you're asking a lot out of him. And it, it speaks to needing Corbello back. Hopefully, you're not going to rush him, obviously, but also just. Trent gutting it out and being a warrior and and giving you everything he has.
0: I got to say, Brad Underwood rolled the dice because he only played Trent Frazier 35 minutes. They can't take him off the court right now. They can't afford it unless they have a, a decent leader. He really needs a break. He played 40 minutes against Maryland, 38 against Nebraska, 35 against Michigan. But when he's off the court and DeMonte Williams has to handle the point, he's not comfortable. Um, As as you said, Coleman Hawkins is not comfortable with with pressure in him. He just isn't strong enough or confident enough right now. And and Jacob Grandison's had some issues with some turnovers here recently. So that's where you miss Curbelo. Um, There's a ton on Trent Frazier right now. And I'll say it again. Anyone who's saying, oh, this team's better without Andre Curbelo, Maybe for a game or two, it's going to be awkward if Corbello comes back and when he comes back, Derek. But you need another guy that can create because when the offense just goes stagnant, like it has, you know, at times this season, and that pressure, Corbello can easily break that by himself. Will he turn it over a couple times? Yeah, Yeah. uh, because he's a high usage player. But that's that's where you really miss him. And if he comes back and, and gets in a rhythm, um man it's you have Frazier and Curbelo doing that it's Illinois just becomes ridiculously hard to guard yeah we
1: take a decent amount of pressure off of Trent Frazier's shoulders and even if it is Curbelo doing that off the bench and you would assume that's what it's going to be early on especially maybe it's something that as it stretches out, that's going to be Curbelo's role, similar to last year. But uh, having someone who can break it down off the dribble uh, and just it, he doesn't even need a ball screen. He's just that quick with it and, and ability to change direction. And I know the turnovers were really ugly early on in this year. But uh, that's someone that can create a shot for himself or break down the defense to where they have to rotate and somebody else is open. So Trent's really the only guy who can consistently do that. Um, plumber can get to the rim here and there and and that uh, is something he can do uh, a little bit but uh, to this point there's just a lot of weight on Trent Frazier's shoulders And I had this thought today we've covered this long enough to where I remember a day where Dan Dockich was pining for Aaron Kraft if there was a draft of college basketball players I'd pick Aaron Kraft because of his intangibles because of his defense his assists and all that and it's like Trent Frazier is a better version of, of that. Like, I'm not saying – like, each year in college basketball is different and there's a lot of stars out there, even in this league, Ivy and Kofi and on down the list, Jonathan, Jonathan Davis. Uh, Trent deserves – and we keep coming back to it, I do at least – he deserves more national credit. I, I think that he's got the scoring, he's, he's got the assists, he's – he's the defense, you look at uh, Eli Brooks going three for 11 night, that was his assignment, and this is a guy that just isn't getting that type of – of talk when he's on it, he's leading a team that is winning a bunch of games and, and there's there's just a little bit of a comp there.
0: Alright, I'm going to bring it up. Aaron Kraft got a lot of that attention because he's the try-hard yeah, white guy, yeah. right? Like, um, Now, he was great. Like He was a great player for those Ohio State teams and they could afford to have a guy who couldn't shoot as much because they had so much talent around him. You're thinking of Sean Thomas, Jared Solinger, all, yeah. the, all, those Diebler, all those guys that were around him. Um, and, and those were, were teams that one big 10 championships right like trent is on those teams but it still feels like illinois didn't truly have its arrival moment or its arrival moments was so short last year with that big 10 tournament championship that he hasn't built that up but he's been there five years right trent is one of those guys that opposing big 10 teams gotta be like god that guy's still there just like brad davison just like you know some of the jordan bohanan but he's better better than those guys and yeah he's one of the Brad said it today he's he's playing like one of the best guards in the Big Ten and and think about this isn't an especially strong point guard um, kind of league right now Jaden Ivey's obviously an all Big Ten player but if you talk about point guards Trent Frazier is probably playing as as well as any point guard right now uh, in the Big Ten I'm racking my brain for the other ones Ohio State's got the freshman like Wisconsin Brad Davison is he their guy? Like, Trent Frazier, if you had to pick a point guard, he'd be that guy. And beginning of the season, we probably wouldn't even said he's a point guard because Andre Cabell is on this team.
1: Yeah, the guards that you go to, and they're not they're different in terms of point guard. Uh, it's Johnny Davis and Jaden Ivy. In terms of point, actual like lead guards, I mean, it's it's hard to think. It's not Bo Hannon. It's not Jamari Wheeler. It's not Fats Russell. Like uh, all around the league,
0: Walker Machine State.
1: Yeah. yeah. That's that's your guy.
0: Indiana does not have point guards, right?
1: No, they they don't have point guards. They don't have shooting. Devontae Jones played well tonight, but obviously Trent, over the course of the season, has has the edge there as well. So yeah, um, yeah, he's just played unbelievably well.
0: All right, Derek, just a few more quick notes on, on this game. Alfonso Plummer. Found a way to get 15 points, and, and Brad Underwood said after the game he, he'd like to see Alfonso pull the trigger a little bit more uh, on his threes. Now, I, I will give him this. He, he's starting to make some buckets uh, from two. I was just had the stats up here in a second. I'll get them. But um, he's making three to four buckets a game here recently, even though his three-point shot isn't falling. So that's good. He's finding a way uh, to score. He's getting to the free-throw line a little bit more. But he is five for 21 from three over the last four games. I think that's something about the defense in the Big Ten, the length in the Big Ten, the scouting reports in the Big Ten. But he's also passing up some shots, especially some corner threes. The guys are closing out on him, but there's threes he took confidently before, and he's just not quite taking those. I'd like to see him continue to take those. Like He is so dangerous from three, and he's getting some of these passes, and he's just not rising and firing. And I think he can rise and fire over even some of this Big Ten length.
1: Yeah, definitely, and he has a value in the pull-up jumper or the occasional drive to the rim and finish, but it is a guy that doesn't need a lot of space from three, and and if a hand's up, he elevates so well. He elevates in terms of his ability to to get off the floor but also how quick he gets up into his shot. You want him to be uh, more confident or just more aggressive in that, in that regard, getting those clips up. I mean, he took five threes tonight, but when those looks are there, you want him to be able to, to take those a little bit more aggressively. But, yeah. I don't
0: mind when he shoots eight to 10, right? Because no. like, sometimes you can start one for five and make the last three that he shoots.
1: Right, and, but to your, to your point also, just like the volume of points, him showing up and giving you 15, even when the three's still not falling, and really he's been in double figures three of the last four games, even without that that three ball going consistently is, is good that he's, he's not a non-factor because threes aren't going in.
0: Yeah, put thirty nine minutes tonight, uh, as well. Defense needs to be better though. A lot better. (laughs) Yeah, like he's starting to get through some ball screens, but it's just kind of the awareness sometimes and there was one in transition where he just didn't stop the ball. It's it's aware I thought Kofi first half. I thought Kofi's second half was much better defensively, but I just think didn't think Kofi brought a lot of energy on that and he's kinda I hate when Kofi Coburn Hunts blocks. I, I just think it just takes him out of the game, takes him out of rebounding. And when it's DeMonte and, and Grandison out there in the front court with him, it just I, I think that puts a Illinois at a, a disadvantage. He also looked winded early, but I, I thought in the second half he really brought the energy. Like you could see, Adam Fletcher was all over Kofi in the first half. Just because they didn't love his energy, it felt like the last couple games Kofi knew he was the heavyweight going up against a, a middleweight, right and Ended up getting his points, and I, I thought tonight, especially you know, offensively, he was really good. Second half, I thought he brought it and was really, really good. But it just felt like there were moments. Kofi's just like, yeah, I'm, I'm way better than these guys.
1: Yeah, to his credit, he produced the numbers yes. of you know, I'm dominant against you guys and Musa Diabate is like, I mean, he's huge. Uh, what am I going to do with him? And uh, yeah, I I just think you put it in the context of the ultimate, and, and as you were harping on like the matchup of Purdue and and what that means and what they bring to the table. You just know the the type of game he's going to have to play to be able to put Illinois in a position to win. And He he didn't do that tonight, I don't think, but still, like, yeah, in the second half when he's able to get the ball in deep and whether it was Diabate out there or whoever they tried, like, he was dominant. He was dominant, but early on, like, it it was kind of odd to see – balls come off the rim and go by Kofi or not to see him instantly react towards it or there was a, a time in the pick and roll where Brooks came off and Kofi just stood there and watched him take a, a 12 foot jump shot with no hand up and that was just kind of an intensity thing I don't know if, if it was, I think it was him being tired but also maybe it was not seeing his guy Hunter I don't know if yeah. this his guy.
0: It's like a racehorse I used to say, uh, I, one of my favorite books and movies is Seabiscuit and when Seabiscuit had to get You know, somebody he needed a horse that could push him. And it felt like Kofi tonight didn't have that horse that was going to push him. I mean, they were so pumped up for this matchup. Speaking of uh, words about this matchup, Coleman Hawkins had many words for you guys yesterday. Uh, And uh, not a great performance. He played 26 minutes, had one rebound, one point, just didn't look that comfortable out there whatsoever. And, you know, this was a matchup, I thought, actually, for him – you're playing Musa Diabate. You're playing Caleb Houston. Like Those are guys who are similar builds, and uh, Coleman just didn't bring... The, the boards is the thing that bothered. him. That's where he's got to be at. I mean, he's been really good during Big Ten play. This is really his first bad Big Ten game, but it's just... He's got to give that effort on the glass.
1: Yeah, and he had been doing that in the three previous games, when he had eight rebounds in each of them. It was just tonight. You, you knew it was going to be a, a tougher test, just kind of in terms of the athleticism he was going to face in Diabate and Houston, and Uh, The play that still stands out to me is when he essentially had the ball, but Jace Howard scrapped and dove on the floor and ripped it away and and kicked it to, that was the the one three-pointer Illinois gave up, right? Uh, To Devontae Jones. So uh, to play that many minutes and not get a board and see Michigan rack up 15 offensive rebounds, that's not what you want to see. And he also fouled Houston in the corner late. I, I don't know, the game... Illinois was in control, but trying to close that thing out was just a mistake that can hurt you in, in a tighter game or against a better team. So he still has to earn being trustworthy. He hasn't proven that yet in terms of consistency. And, look, one bad game on a stretch where he's been playing pretty well. You don't want to knock him too hard. But, yeah, he did have stuff to say before this game, and he didn't really bring
0: it. Yeah, that's where you got to back it up. Right, you got to back it up. Lesson learned, uh, but Illinois moves on with a win. Uh, all right, Derek, we've, we've talked about – Oh, I, would, I do want to mention one more thing. Demonte Williams, um, great job on Caleb Houston, and I just took him out of the game, and that kid needs to come back to school for another year. He's yeah. not ready uh, for the NBA. That runner game has got to quit. It, it's just not his game. Demonte does so many good things for this team, and he's he's hitting threes consistently. He's giving them one three or two threes a game here and some clutch moments off some great uh, Trent Frazier passes. But that off-the-bounce runner game, Get in there, kick it out. Like that's just unless you can get a layup, that's just not his game. Yeah, he had
1: one of those layups, but there was the turnaround right hook, and there was another like I, I don't know if it was a runner or something that missed everything. But his two-point field goal percentage has never been good throughout his career here, and it's it's about 25% last I checked. So uh, not not things you want to see from him. But that that right hook from like 10 to 12 feet looks like hitting the wrong button on 2K, in my my opinion.
0: Yeah, uh, no doubt. And, you know, DeMonte and Jacob Grandison offensively have not been great here recently, but huge threes, some huge threes and some huge moments late in these games. And, yeah, DeMonte Williams this season 24.4% from two, steadily rising from three, though, 37.1%. So when you have DeMonte shooting that, Trent 37%, Grandison 47%. And even with Plummer's struggles here recently, he's still shooting 40% from three. So this team is dangerous offensively. And Demonte clutch three point shooter. Like yeah. what he's built, put together resume wise
1: in terms of final three or four minutes of a game shooting threes, like that percentage is pretty darn high.
0: All right, Derek, before we get out of here, what are your thoughts on Illinois-Purdue? Obviously, if Illinois plays the way they did tonight, they, they won't beat uh, Purdue, especially you know, some defensive lapses at times today, but like the defense was, was pretty good. Uh, you got to score to keep up with Purdue, though. Purdue's so good. Sasser Stefanović probably doesn't get talked about enough with how good he is from three, out playing off all of those guys. Purdue does have some depth on their team. We know how good their posts are. And Jaden Ivey's, I mean, Benedict Matherin's really good. Jaden Ivey's projected to go higher in the draft, probably having just as good of a season as Mather, and that's as big of a test as you can get, uh, especially at guard. Demonte Williams, I imagine, uh, draws the assignment on him. That means Alfonso Plummer's probably gonna be locked in on uh, Sasha, right? Like, this is uh, this is a game where they gotta be locked in defensively, and we'll say that tonight, for the most part, they were pretty locked in on that end. So that's why you got to guard. That's why defense travels is your biggest uh, defensive test.
1: They're a load offensive, the number one in the country in offensive efficiency for a reason. They have the posts. They have the shooters. They're shooting 40% from three. And then Ivy, just a bad matchup for Illinois, just like Benedict Matherin was, like Johnny Davis, a bigger athletic guard uh, against a fairly small backcourt for Illinois. So I'd be curious to see uh, maybe it's – Demonte that draws the assignment. You're probably going to throw a bunch of guys at him uh, to see if you can slow him down. Um, would you try Trent? But that's just too maybe a little bit of a... That's,
0: that's a lot of size yeah. he's given. You know, I'd rather just take their, you know, their lead guard out of, out of the game,
1: right? Right. I think Trent has seen a lot of Stefanovic and been able to quiet him, which is good. But, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a huge test. I know that Purdue, if you look at maybe the AP poll dropped a little bit, but their analytics are still great. Uh, and...
0: The idea of probably – I said that. Ivy's their lead guard. Like I'm thinking Thompson, but, like, yeah, yeah I, I just mix it up. Yeah. See see what works. Get Trent into him. Then give DeMonte to be physical with him because, you know, Ivy's a big dude, uh, but he's 6'4", 195. DeMonte's just as big as him, and that length can, can really, you know, bother him unless you think – unless Brad thinks – you know, Trent's our guy, we go with him, and we have DeMonte just shadowing Sasha Stefanovic like, That would be fascinating to watch.
1: Yeah, it will be an interesting decision to make, and I do think of thinking about Ivy, you better take care of the ball because transition opportunities, you want to watch him on SportsCenter. You, or if you don't want to watch him on SportsCenter, you got you to take care of the ball because him going end-to-end is – it looks like John Morant sometimes.
0: The other thing we got to think about is I mean, I expect Kofi to play 30 plus minutes if he's not in foul trouble. Um, he's got to be locked in defensively, but you're going to get some key Omar Payne minutes. Yep. Uh, whether Trevion comes in or Zach Eady comes in off the bench, uh, it's going to be interesting to see how that matches up, too. It's going to be a fun game. I mean, yeah. this is, this is going to be, I think, the Big Ten game of the year. I mean, you got another matchup late in the season, but so far. Uh, This is the Big Ten matchup to watch, and I think for Purdue, they need this game. I don't know if Illinois needs this game, but if Illinois does win this game, boy, they're setting a ridiculous pace here early on. 7-0 and to start. You get three and a half games of separation with Purdue, and you're forcing Michigan State to be like, all right, now you guys got to beat some good teams because Michigan State hasn't really beat anybody in the Big Ten. They've had, like Illinois, an easy schedule with Minnesota, Penn State, Nebraska, Northwestern. So um, they're going to get their tough test coming up, including Illinois on the road.
1: Yeah, the prove-it test of at Wisconsin and at Illinois. And in terms of like – the standings and counting wins, beating Purdue wouldn't say you're running away with this because obviously Michigan yeah. State's still in the mix, Wisconsin, but the idea of potentially giving the kill shot to that good of a that's still a really good Purdue team, and I, there would still be a lot of basketball to be played, but. Putting them that far behind the eight ball in the middle of January, that's saying a lot. If you're able to execute that, so and then I think you know metrics-wise, another quad one opportunity. You win that game, you're probably top five in the net. I think you're, you're like tenth or eleventh now. I
0: think you would climb quite a bit with that kind of a win. And I know the rankings come out the exact same time as the game starts, but like you beat Purdue. And then you take care of business, um, you know, at Maryland, right? Like, that's not a great Maryland team. I think we know that. They gave Illinois some fits. But all of a sudden, next week, I mean, I I think Illinois would be top 20 this week. I mean, it depends on who loses in front of them. But, like, there's no doubt they're a top 20 team. But you beat Purdue, I think we're starting to talk about Illinois back in that national contention. Like, all of a sudden, I think people are going to vote them top 12, top 10 uh, in the rankings. We'll see how high they would get, but that that's what we'd be talking about. Like th- This is the this is the moment for Illinois, for you Illinois fans who think they're un- underranked, all that, and I agree with you. This is your moment to, to prove it and to capture that national attention again.
1: Yeah, certainly, and there would be no real argument there. You would say that you had a major test, that uh, the fact that you would have won, what would that be? Twelve out of thirteen, I think at that point. And I mean, you, you go back and do some of the. This was for Brad Underwood twenty of twenty one against Big Ten opponents, which is just unreal.
0: I wrote about it earlier this week, just because it's like they're in a freaking golden era of Illinois basketball. So I understand, like I, I don't want. I'm not trying to talk down to fans, but it's like you can get upset about the rankings and all that, but just like enjoy the heck out of this because like you are having one of the best runs illinois basketball has ever had in the big 10 and i don't think this big 10 uh this season is like as good as it has been in recent years but it's still pretty freaking good and they're winning this like what do they want eight in a row at home in the big 10 i think seven in a row on the road like it's it's ridiculous what they're doing right now so kudos to brad underwood like i know the schedule hasn't been tough you're gonna to have plenty of opportunities to do it but this is a third straight year man illinois is in the top of the big 10 and for how many years Derek, are we sitting there talking about can they can they make a run at the tournament yeah. like this is a no doubt ncaa tournament team and in my mind it's a no doubt probably top four seed it's just how good will they be? Will they get a banner? Will they get uh, a Big Ten banner? And will they make a deep run in March? Like, that's that's a lot of fun to be talking about. <laughs> yeah, it is.
1: And it will determine how it ultimately is remembered. But, yeah, this is a stretch that's similar to, and, again, like early 2000s had Big Ten titles and, and deep runs, especially the one know, Elite Eight and then, final four can this team do that it's still lots lot to be proven but that's on the table and that's what's really exciting about it and it to circle it back to this matchup the fact that what apparently annoys hunter dickinson is that illinois fans act like they're a powerhouse well you beat purdue and you're at the top of the league at 7-0 and and you've won 21 out of 22 against big 10 opponents you're a powerhouse
0: they have been i mean for, for three years th- that's why i think you know, I was talking with a Michigan beat writer going back and forth on Twitter, Zach Shaw, who does a really good job for a 24-7 site. And you know, Illinois fans, like, ah, get after Michigan fans and all that. And that's fandom, right? Like, um, But the reason they cared so much about that banner and why Whitman cared so much about that banner is unlike Michigan, who's been winning Big Ten titles, Derek, like, those banners don't mean as much. For Illinois, it's been 16 years since they've had one of those. That's why that Big Ten tournament meant so much to people uh meant so much for this program is like, that was a weird back statement. And that's why people wanted a share of that and thought they deserved it. And they did, but not going back to that argument, but like they knew the rules, but I think the big 10 could have adjusted just like they adjusted a lot of things, but that's why it matters so much. And that's why Illinois now wants to crawl under the Michigan skin. Cause it's like, we're here now feel us in Michigan the last year has felt Illinois and, and to them Michigan doesn't think about Illinois Illinois certainly thinks about Michigan um, so I think Michigan's fans probably getting upset about Illinois good that I means it's gonna be a rivalry because I think under Juan Howard, Michigan's gonna continue to be really good there's a down year uh, the COVID issues have, have not helped them but they'll probably get Houston back for another year um, could Diabate come back for another year? That team's going to be a powerhouse, right? They're they're just recruiting talent so well, and Illinois, I don't, they're going to take a step back next year, losing Trent, losing Demonte, and, and potentially Kofi too, but they're still going to be good. They're still going to be good at the top of this Big Ten. So I love it. Add me more of this rivalry. Um, give me more of the Illinois Iowa matchups, man. It's it's been so fun to see that develop because Illinois matters again.
1: Yeah, and, and Illinois Iowa was fantastic. And it's not over yet. You still have the the fan bases disliking each other, and just Fran playing a great role as a character in that. And I think Hunter does the same thing. Yeah, I think he rightfully annoys Illinois fans, and and has said some things that they don't like. But that's made it more entertaining. And he's been open about it about this rivalry, and and some of the Illinois players, Coleman Hawkins, uh, has done as well. You gotta have to perform a little bit more. They're gonna they're gonna make you pay for that, but. Uh, this is a, a good feeling for Illinois where it, when you matter. It, it shows that you matter when you're tussling with Penn State and DJ Newbill however many years ago. The
0: Rutgers classic. No, the Rutgers classic. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, it's, a different, it's a different world. So. Yeah, it's definitely uh, different to be at the top here. Well, for Derek Piper, I'm Jeremy Warner. Thank you, as always, for listening to the Illini Enquirer podcast. We'll have plenty of content uh, coming up later. A uh, big night for Illinois football with recruiting, a junior day. I'll have some uh, follow-ups on some Illinois visitors for that as well at IlliniEnquirer.com. But give us a follow wherever you get your podcast. Give us a rating review. That always helps us out as well. Everybody have a great night. Take care of each other. And we'll talk to you next time on the Illini Enquirer podcast.